Peterson is taking care of things right now. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern. Pass swings. On the way. It's gone! It is well with my stolen Montgomery! Georgia Southern wins! Welcome to Georgia Southern Extra. I'm your host, Nathan Dominance, sports content editor of the Savannah Morning News at savannahnow.com. And here we talk about Georgia Southern football. We're coming up to the last regular season game of the year. It's Georgia Southern hosting their big rival, Appalachian State, at 6 p.m. on Saturday night at Paulson Stadium in Statesboro. And both teams have one more thing in common besides fighting it out year after year, uh, now in the East Division of the Sun Belt. Both are trying to get into, uh, become eligible for a bowl. So Georgia Southern is uh, five and six. They need to get a sixth win. To get bowl eligible, Appalachian State has six wins, but they two of those wins are against FCS schools, the Citadel and Robert Morris, and only one of them can count. So they're back them back to five wins, and they need to beat Georgia Southern to become bowl eligible. So they have that in common. And we'll be talking about that and more, the, the season as a whole, and uh, last week's game against Marshall with our special guest, Andrew Goldstein, sports director of WSAV-TV. I just gave him the nickname Gizmo. Get that out there, people. No, just... I've been elevated from guest to special guest. That's right. And and the pay will be elevated uh, summarily. Um, and it's my running joke, two times zero, still zero. Yeah, I was going to say, the pay rising is usually what happens in journalism, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we're, we would have too many inside jokes for everyone to care. Right, right. So, so Andrew is here. We're recording this on Tuesday morning of the final week of the regular season. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. By the time you listen to this, it may be just before, just during, or just after Thanksgiving when people listen to it. So but we're recording on Tuesday, and uh, there's a, a bunch of news coming out of Statesboro, none of it really good uh, for the, the Eagles. Um, Andrew, let, let's start uh, with uh, coming off the, the – the, they're on a three-game losing streak. Uh, they were five and three going into their bye week. They they uh, won five of their first eight games. They had a win over Nebraska, Power Five uh, school, Big Ten, you know, monolith or former monolith of, of college football. Uh, they won there. They beat a then number twenty five James Madison at home. So, so two of the five victories were kind of those milestone victories that programs like to talk about for years to come. But after the bye week, it's been three straight losses. Uh, what do you think of the Georgia Southern season so far? And then we'll, we'll talk more about uh, Appalachian State later in the, in the show. Well, first of all, this is not a position that any Georgia Southern fan thought they were going to be in just a couple weeks ago. I mean, I know these were three tough games. I mean, I want to give credit to South Alabama and Louisiana to Marshall. These are not easy opponents. But you would think with the way that Georgia Southern was playing that they'd be able to get one of those games. And, you know, it's funny with Georgia Southern's preseason projections being pretty much unanimously at or near the bottom of the conference. Right, right, right. If you were to go, go to Georgia Southern fans before the season and say, would you take five and seven? A lot of them probably would have said, yeah, that's pretty good year yeah. one. Good point. And now we're at the verge of that. And I don't think any Georgia Southern fans are happy because they've demonstrated that they're capable of more. Right. And I think that one of the things is evident in the last few games are teams finally catching up with that spread run and gun offense coming into the year. You had new coach, new quarterback, new system. None of that was on tape yet. So whatever you were going to do was going to be at least 
at some level, a surprise to the opposition. Now you go into your bye week, you put eight games of this stuff on tape. Opponents aren't walking in blind to Georgia Southern anymore. And I think you could see that in the third down conversion rate, less than 22% over the last three weeks. If that were their mark for the full season, that would be third to last in the country. So opponents are keying into what Georgia Southern's doing on offense. And the test for Clay Helton and the test for Georgia Southern has been how well can you self-scout? How well can you correct your tendencies and basically make the next chess move to counteract what defenses are now doing now that they have you on tape? So far, they haven't really been able to do that. Yeah, and and I then I want to expand on that. Yeah, I think that the word adjustment comes up a lot in sports. And I could, uh, just as an analogy, a baseball player, batter, by the time he sees a pitcher the third time through the rota- uh, through the batting order, He's got a better idea what the pitcher, the starting pitcher has that day. The pitcher kind of knows even more about the batter. I don't know if it's a fair fight. Uh, if the guy can throw 100 miles an hour, but still, the batter, the, it kind of evens up a little more in the batter's favor the third time through the order. He kind of knows what to see. And then, of course, if you throw in uh, middle relievers and, and uh, stoppers, it kind of throws everything off. But but uh, in terms of uh, the season, instead of a nine-inning game and, and facing a, a, a starting pitcher and a bullpen, you've got Georgia Southern fan, uh, opponents, as, like you said, they've got eight eight games worth, let's say, of uh, of tape, and uh, it's up to the uh, Georgia Southern offense to be to make adjustments both to what the defense is throwing at them, and also to to offer them some different tendencies. And you underlying that when you lose frontline players, you're throwing uh, relie- relievers, you're throwing backups into those situations and expecting them to come through like the guys who were starting were coming through at the beginning of the year. So um, I know that the the next man at mentality is the go-to line, and it's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing untrue about that. But uh, it, you can't at the same time say one of the reasons we're so successful is because X, Y, and Z players are performing at a high level, and then you take those players away, and you expect guys that have been playing minimal playing time to step up to that level. That's a lot to ask for. Right. And I don't want to discount the injuries. I mean, Amari Jones, Derwin Burgess, these were the engines of the offense through the first half of the season. The, pa- the passing off. Yeah. yeah. On defense, you lose Todd Bradley, Glenn, a couple of other guys are gimpy. Look, those injuries are significant. I don't want to discount them. But Clay Helton himself said after the Louisiana game, every team has to deal with injuries at some mm-hmm. point. Every team has to deal with a short week at some point. Every team has to deal with bad weather at some point. So I don't think there is anything really impacting Georgia Southern that their opponents just haven't had to deal with. I think it may be impacted them to different degrees. I think you could say that, absolutely. But Clay Helton was pretty explicit in saying that people inside the program shouldn't be using that as an excuse. And I think if he's saying that about people inside the program, then it's fair for people outside the program to not use it as an excuse either. Yeah. Yeah. So what they have is what they have. The players that they have are who they go with. And you can say, well, the offensive line has been pretty healthy. Uh, The tight ends have taken some hits, but they're pretty healthy now. Um, Quarterback uh, has been banged up more than, than he's been letting on maybe, but he's, he's play. He hasn't really missed uh, a down that a necessary down. Um, uh, and then um, the running backs. Now, as far as the offense goes, the running backs, and the wide receivers are where the hits have been coming. And this week, uh, a different scenario than they faced before. Jalen White, who's the ball, ball for all intents and purposes, the starting running back 
uh, all season. Uh, so a true soft, a true junior is kind of, this is his turn. Uh, and he's proven to have the goods. Jalen White, one of the top rushers in the league. Um, and he had one of his best games uh, against Marshall, um, just as a, one of those nice, nice, nice uh, trivia, trivia points that you like. Um, he had 101 yards rushing just in the first quarter, ended up with, I think, 143 before he was injured in the third quarter. But he had 101 yards rushing just in the first quarter. Marshall had not allowed any individual running back or runner 100 yards, period, for a game uh, all season until that point. So he, he was a special back. He is, they're saying day to day, it's not looking good for him. If they're saying a knee injury, as we, 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 uh, we record this, uh, lower body injury, but it's more of like a knee to be more specific. Uh, Gerald Green was injured at practice last week on a Wednesday. Uh, they haven't said the specific nature of the injury, we think upper body. Uh, and then, um, if no, neither of those guys go, the ball is going to be handed off primarily to a true freshman. Uh, uh, Omari uh, Arnold, OJ Arnold, uh, who has played here and there and uh, was a star running back in high school, but he's a true freshman. So you don't know exactly what you're going to get. And after that is a bunch of guys that were really good running backs in high school, haven't had a chance to do it yet at the college level. No. And I think that Georgia Southern has gotten a raw injury deal for the second straight year. I mean, there's nothing you can really do about that. But I do think it goes to show to go back to your stat about Jalen White that regardless of how this season ends for Georgia Southern, there are things that have worked, especially on offense this year. Mm -hmm. Clay Helton, the offensive staff, they deserve all the credit in the world. Going from a speed option to a run and gun, I mean, you look at what happened at Georgia Tech. Yeah. to see how long that transition can actually oh, take point. if it's good not point. managed correctly. Yeah. You know, so for them to do what they've done in one year, I don't think even the most optimistic Georgia Southern fan would have expected that. Now there is a lot about this team that needs fixing and there's a lot that isn't going to get fixed in one year. This is a multi-year process, but what Clay Hilton and his staff were able to accomplish, I think definitely deserves some plaudits. That doesn't mean they fixed everything, not by a long stretch of the imagination, but I do think they're ahead of schedule in some key ways. Yeah, and then there's a couple points. You made some great points, Andrew. Um, the opponents that they face, we're not talking about games that they were expected or predicted to win in terms of Vegas odds or anything. Georgia Southern has been the underdog at home in these games for a good reason, because the teams are playing, were playing very well. Uh, Marshall had one of the best defense in the country. Uh, Louisiana had a fine defense. App State has, I think, top 29 defense in the country, one of the best defenses in the Sun Belt Conference. Traditionally, year after year, one of the best defenses, and also a very, very solid program year in, year out, the preseason favorite to win the East. Uh, they're, I think, four, four and a half point favorite the last time I looked uh, on the road at Georgia Southern. Um, they're, they're playing teams who are built to maybe be able to, to uh, tamp down that, that Georgia Southern passing offense and rushing game and make Georgia Southern beat them by making plays. And that's where the playmakers need to step up, uh, whether that means the offensive line, the wide receivers, the running backs, the quarterback. They're going to have to do something special to beat these teams. And if you look at the scoring, uh, they didn't score at all in the second half against uh, Marshall. They haven't made the most of their opportunities. And you mentioned third downs, 2-11, and 11, I think, a third down this past week, 2-14 of 14 the previous week. And this is for a team that's been actually, I know it's hard to remember this, but they actually were statistically good on third downs and statistically good on, in the red zone 
still are. The problem is they're not getting the red zone very often when the other side, and we can get to the defense here, or we can wait till after the break. The Georgia Southern defense is struggling mightily in all aspects. As much as any individual player might be having a good season as a unit, they're suffering um, to statistically, certainly, and on the scoreboard as well. Yeah, we're talking about a bottom five rush defense in the country. And I think this is a scenario where it's going to take a couple recruiting cycles to fix that. Clay Helton came in, and one of the things that he said over and over again is, I'm surprised at how good the wide receivers are. We might be able to make this transition faster because we got athletes on the team that just weren't being utilized in this way. I don't think there's really a unit on defense that was comparable to that, where he was saying, at least not publicly, like, oh, we have the horses here right now to make a big turnaround. I think this is actually, ironically enough, with all the focus on the offense, this is actually the part of the team that might require a couple years and a couple recruiting cycles to fix. Because when you're allowing uh, five, six yards per rush, like Georgia Southern's been, over their last couple of games, heck, even when they were winning, I mean, even when they were beating Nebraska, even when they were beating mm-hmm. James Madison, those were shootouts. This was still a problem back then. When you're allowing that many yards per rush, it just takes the wind out of everything. When opponents are able to control the ball, go on long drives, then you contrast that with Georgia Southern, which is all about hurry up on offense. Right. That doesn't give the defense, which is already maybe a little undermanned, a whole lot of time to rest yeah. before they're back on the field again and allowing five, six yards to carry. So as long as opponents are able to control the ball against Georgia Southern and impose themselves at the line of scrimmage, the Eagles are going to need to keep winning games 38-35 or 42-38. And that might make for a couple of entertaining highlights (laughs) over the course of the season, but that's not a recipe for long-term success. Yeah, I think you were being kind when you said bottom five. You could have been more specific they're uh, 129th out of 131 uh, FBS teams in rushing defense at uh, 227 yards, 0.6 yards a game. Uh, just for example, App State is 39th in rush defense, which actually is on the lower end compared to some of the opponents they faced recently, like Marshall. We're going back to James Madison, I think. Um, Marshall allowing 130.2, and there's a lot of variables that go into that. Um, Coastal Carolina, for instance, statistically has a bad pass defense, but it certainly hasn't mattered much because they're running away with the uh we're almost running away with the east division uh with james madison technically in there as well uh george Sutton total defense 129 out of 131 and this is a big number 484 yards a game that that's on average that's a big number on defense yikes yeah that's that's a yikes uh the um and you said the, the the time of possession is not as critical to this offense, the George Southern offense, as you might assume in the past when they were run-based and about ball control and keeping the ball out of the other hand, uh, the other team's hands and going on long, sustained drives. This is uh, scored quick or scored long drives. They'll take either way. Um, and then one more thing on the pass defense, a little better, 104 uh, out of 131, 256 yards a game. But if you're giving up a lot of yards on, on rushes, the other teams don't have to pass that much unless that's their strength. Like James Madison was going to pass the ball a lot um, with the with the group that they had a quarterback and receiver. Uh, Andrew, I'm going to give you uh, more time to think about what's going to happen this Saturday. We're going to take a break right now, so go ahead and grab a sandwich. Not really, but grab a sandwich. Uh, uh, I did that before the podcast. That's right. I was thinking ahead. Um, 
Anyway, we'll be right back with our guest, uh, Andrew Goldstein, uh, sports director of WSAB TV. Does a bang up job, by the way, on high school live game re report uh, coverage. And with whoever they have with you, whether it's Andrew Davis or somebody else, uh, they're all they're all on Andrew Goldstein's back. They're all they're all being carried by him. Wow, massaging my ego. You know, right? How you know how to get to us TV people? <laughs> well, you know those Jersey boys. They like to hear some good news. Um, Anyway, I'll, I'll, but let's right now plug, speaking of good, go. good stuff, the best source for local news in Savannah, sorry, Andrew, the best source for local news in Savannah, the Savannah Morning News in SavannahNow.com, one of the latest on the Georgia Southern football team, as we've been talking about right now. Uh, high school football teams are in the playoffs right now. Uh, Savannah Christian, uh, Calvary Day, and Benedictine are still alive in the GHSA playoffs. Uh, all we've talked about for, uh, paper coverage of Savannah State Tigers, their football season is over, and they're going to go in with basketball now. And, and all that's we have all that and more, including news, features, and opinion columns. If you're not a subscriber, now's the time to try us out. Uh, the last time I checked, there was a special for one dollar for six months. I also saw one for a two-year deal. I think it was nine ninety-nine for two years. Um, see what the latest uh, special deal is to subscribe to Savannah Morning News if you haven't already. Uh, you can go to SavannahNow.com/slash/subscribe-now and sign up. That's savannahnow.com slash subscribe now. Go to that site and look at what the deal is and we ask you to give us a shot. Okay, let's get back yeah, to our I, By the way, before we move on, I am a subscriber myself. Thanks, I found one. it to be very helpful in my play-by-play -play prep. All right, all right. So there's an endorsement, uh, an unpaid endorsement. So from the heart. From yeah, the next one will cost you. That one's free though. <laughs> Well, a dollar for six months, as I've said every time on this podcast, it's like we're paying you. A dollar right. for six months, where else can you get a deal like that? Um, and, you know, that takes you not that if you signed up in August, maybe Andrew signed up in the summer, uh, that takes you all the way through football season. If you sign up now, that takes you through basketball and the other winter sports and into the spring and um, and into, uh, I didn't even think, oh, not hate to think of it, but uh, that would take you into uh well into uh, Georgia Southern baseball season. They're coming off of a huge season under Rodney Hennon uh, last year. So uh, in terms of for Georgia Southern fans that are listening to this podcast, if you sign up, you've got a lot of a uh, lot of bang for your buck, literally a buck. Um, if that's the special, if it's $9.99 or a dollar a month for six months, uh, pardon me for not being up to speed, but it changes every week. Uh, Andrew, let's get back to it. Um, you've got, we've talked uh, a in general about the defense. I want to bring up one more point about that. Um, so um, Will Harris is the new defensive coordinator. He's a West Coast guy. He was the the, the, the secondary coach at Washington last, last few years. Um, and they had the best, arguably the best defensive backfield in the country statistically. I think they only gave up six touchdowns all year, if I remember correctly. Just I think Georgia Southern has given up like 23 or 26 touchdowns just passing uh this year i think 23 which is many as they've thrown um will will harris a heck of a guy um uh comes in here and he was speaking to one of the local groups uh, at a luncheon a, a booster club and one of the first questions he was asked if i recall correctly was what are you going to do about how many big plays we gave up bombs uh you know where the the um georgia southern just gave up a big play 60 yard touchdown pass 50 yard touchdown pass and he said, we, we do multiple schemes, but one of the things we will focus on is keeping, you know, keeping that from happening. And 
Uh, until last week, I don't think they had given up many bombs. They had two wide-open receivers on separate plays, I think mean, first quarter and second quarter. One was for 60-plus yards. The other thing was for 33. But these receivers were wide open. Like, there might not have been 20, like 20 yards from the, the nearest defender. Um, that So they have accomplished that, but they've given up a lot of uh, rushing yards, a lot, like you said. Do you, do you see the team – they brought back a lot of defensive backs from last year. They had some – they got bolstered with defensive backs like oh, Waylon Free coming in, uh, having a fine season. Uh, you mentioned Todd Bradley Glenn, the seventh-year linebacker, was knocked out for the season. Unfortunately, he's had more bad luck than people have luck total in their lifetimes just in his time here and going back to Valdosta High School. What what do you see when you won't see the defense? What do you see going on? And, yeah, they, they have allowed fewer – bombs i think just pretty my perception is but they it doesn't really matter because they're giving up a lot of scoring plays yeah well i think anything would have been an improvement on last year when they were the last place team in the country for much of the season in that category both in terms of overall passing yards allowed and explosive pass plays those are pass plays over 20 yards allowed so yeah we've seen some improvement in that area i think a lot of that has to do with Derek canteen being back he certainly helps not having your number one corner for a whole season was brutal last year. So yes, I think there's been some marginal improvement, but like you said, not nearly enough. And I think that that's going to have to be addressed on the recruiting trail going forward. And one thing that I kind of want to tie back to this upcoming game, which is, as we mentioned a long time ago for bowl eligibility, this wouldn't be for bowl eligibility. If Georgia Southern had hung on against coastal Carolina, Exactly. Wouldn't be for bowl eligibility if Southern were able to protect a 21 to 7 lead that they had against South Alabama. And right. the fact that Southern blew the Coastal Carolina game by allowing an explosive rushing play, not terribly surprising to anyone who's watched this team. The fact that South Alabama was able to score at will, get back into that game, again, not terribly surprising. So. The fact that the defense has been giving up these big plays, it's not that they're running hot and cold. It's not like some games they got it, some games they don't. Georgia Southern has lost some winnable games, games that were 70, 80% in their favor at one point. If you look at the win probability graph on ESPN, because the defense hasn't been able to keep itself from letting opponents land haymakers on them. And I don't think that's going to change in the last game or two here. I mean, at this point in the season, the cake is baked. What you got is what you got. But going forward, as you get into recruiting, spring workouts, certainly the summer, that has to be a focus. Uh, The same progression that we saw from the offense this year, the signs of hope and signs of life we saw on that side of the ball, we have to see that with the defense too. You know, I think year one, some struggles are understandable. At some level, what you got is what you got. Year two, you certainly don't need to be tops in the conference or anything to have reason for optimism, but I think you certainly need to see some strides in that area. Yeah, you you are what you are in the stats. I know they can be manipulated, but when you see uh, an app state near the top of the league, as just a one way to put it in context, in, in almost every category, in, in the good categories, let's put it that way, at Georgia Southern near the bottom of the league in a lot of the bad categories. You know, obviously Georgia Southern won the best at a fewest sacks. Kyle Ventries gets the ball out very quickly. Yeah. Uh, they took some hard sacks the last time, but seven sacks all year. App State, I think, has given up 17. I think they're second. But so Georgia Southern has had its moments. And when they talk about 
uh, silver linings or things positives to take out of it. Uh, amongst the negatives, they will talk about things like that, about, you know, we had a good ab- rush average. Uh, this guy had a great game. I thought this, this you know, they had the, they kept their effort up the whole time. But yeah, if you don't have the run stuffers in the middle, uh, and they have had to play a lot of young defensive linemen uh, because of injuries or, or maybe they because of merit. But you need the run stuffers. You need to you need to win both sides of the line of scrimmage to make your life a little easier. I think it was when they were um, five and three. Four of those wins uh, were games that were 50-50. That were well, actually, eight of the games I think they had played, not counting the Morgan State game to open the season. But the, the next eight games from Nebraska on on down were all decided in the fourth quarter. Now that wasn't so true against Louisiana, but. Uh, they had these. They were four and four, I think, in, in in eight games decided in the fourth quarter. And so your point is well taken. The Coastal Carolina game, they had a lead. I think they were up uh, not only early against South Alabama, but thirty-one seventeen, and then they give up three straight touchdowns uh, from that point forward. So um, they had games that they needed to win. They won some games that they could have lost. They lost some games that they could have won. So here they are, uh, five and six now with three straight losses. When, when they were looking for one, just one win to get that six win, nail that down, and then whatever happens to the rest of the regular season doesn't really impact as much because they weren't going to win the division. So now they've got the game Saturday, and, and we have uh, we have still have some time remaining, so you can expand on this. What do you see uh, happening Saturday? Do you think that they're going to have the gung-ho effort in front of the home crowd, the rival, the hate week rivalry, or do you think they might come out as flat or as unproductive as they did or ineffective as they did the last three weeks for a whole game anyway? Well, first of all, I want to note that App State has kind of had a weirdly analogous season to Georgia Southern because you think of Georgia Southern's two high points, the Nebraska win, the James Madison win. App State had the Texas A&M win, which the whole country obviously was celebrating, and then the Hail Mary against Troy. And those were two incredible highs. But you look at the rest of their schedule, they haven't won a road game in conference yet. So that is definitely something that App State fans were not uh, considering as a possibility in week three or week four of this season. They certainly weren't expecting to still be scrapping it out for bowl eligibility in the final game. They thought they would be competing for conference championship by this point. They thought that they might even end the season ranked based on the way they started it. But one thing that I think is going to mm-hmm. work pretty heavily in App State's favor is ball control. This is an offense that is set up very, very well to control the football. I think mm-hmm. back to that Texas A&M game, and I'm looking for the stat right now. So I apologize if I get it wrong That's off okay. the cuff here. Uh, but no, I have it in front of me, and it's about what I thought. They possessed the ball for 41 minutes and 29 nice. seconds against Texas A&M. That seems to me to be a team that's set up pretty, pretty well to beat Georgia Southern, which hasn't uh, been able to stop opponents from doing that. When you look at their running game, uh, you know, they were able to pick up five, six yards of carry in their previous game. Cam Peoples is a fantastic back. Uh, Mm -hmm. Monty Marshall had a really productive day last week. So they've got multiple backs. I believe uh, four of them all over 300 yards rushing, that can hurt you. And Georgia Southern hasn't shown the ability to do anything about that. So I think this is going to be same old story for the Eagles. If they're going to win this game, 
it's going to be 42-38. It's going to be because we're going back and forth and whoever has the ball last has the ball last. So wow. I think that's what Georgia Southern needs to do is get out to big leads, score quickly, protect the ball on your end, get a turnover or two on the other end, and uh, just see if you are able to win a shootout. Yeah. The, um, the Sean Clark, the head coach of App State, said on Monday, we're taping this on Tuesday morning, but uh, said on Monday that uh, Camp Peoples was out there. He's injured, but he's headed in the right direction, but he didn't know if he was going to be able to play. Nate Noel, that other uh, highly uh, uh, thought of running back with them, he said he should be back ready to play, as well as another running back named Anderson. Uh, but uh, and I think uh, we could quote Danny Reed here. I think he said that uh, at the beginning of the season, before the season started, that Peoples and Noel were the, the best. I think he said they, they were the best backfield in the in the league. And um, both of those guys have been banged up. So if they don't if Peoples play, isn't able to go, that would definitely help Georgia Southern pretty well. In terms of karma, obviously, yeah. you know, you never want anybody to be out because of injury. You certainly never root for that. But objectively, if they're unable to go, I think Georgia Southern's odds do get considerably better. Well, if there's if there's karma, last week uh, Marshall came in here with the leading rusher in the conference, 125 yards a game in uh, LeBourne, and he actually shared duties with a 1,400-yard rusher from the year before who hadn't played it down this year until Saturday against Georgia Southern, uh, uh, Ali, Rashid Ali. So um, – the fact that a guy came back from an injury just in time to play Georgia Southern and their poorest rush defense was um, was nice timing on his part. He uh, between their their uh, RPO with the the quarterback Camp Fancher, who had a lot of yards in the first half, especially with LeBourne being dangerous every time he touched the ball, and he was kind of contained as on the whole. Um, and uh, Ali had a nice game, but nothing nothing to win offensive player with the week award. But you're right. They 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 faced a, a year week after week. They faced the top flight running back. We've chronicled this in the paper. I'm I'm talking nationally from Ball State to Nebraska to UAB. McBride and UAB is one of the top rushers. Now, of course, the statistics against George Southern helped that cause. We had 240 some yards or 27 yards and four touchdowns. And uh, 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 the guy for Damian Webb for USA uh, South Alabama. Had a huge game, and he also a very accomplished former JUCO star. They they faced a bunch of these guys that maybe fans didn't know them because they hadn't played in the league before. But when they were at Florida State or they were in high school, these guys were blue chip running backs that just happened to end up at Sun Belt schools. And like I said, George Southern has their own good running backs, uh, and that'll be a very interesting and maybe critical part of that whole offense is is how well the these running backs can can handle the ball. When they're when they're expected to do more, if Jalen White and Gerald Green are not there, who have done the lion's share of the carries, um, and then uh, you mentioned about next year, we've got a uh, five minutes left. Um, recruiting for next year, obviously they want they want a, a better a defense. Uh, There's not even a, a way to shorthand that anymore. Just the defense has to get better. But also, this is Kyle Ventris's last season, first and last season as a transfer from Buffalo. The players behind him on the depth chart have very little experience at the college level. Now, high school level, sure, but very little college experience. It'll be a real interesting uh, battle for quarterback next year. I think Kyle Ventris was basically installed as the starter. They may not have said that, but when he walked on campus in, in January, it was his job to lose. I think that's fair to say. 
And he. Well, by the way, I really am looking forward to the quarterback battle in this game because both Kyle Vantries and Chase Bryce for mm-hmm. App State yeah. are redshirt seniors. That's they right. are as experienced as you can get. So yeah. if there is anyone that can sort of shut out the noise, shut out the crucible of this rivalry atmosphere and just go perform, it's these two guys. And if they see a weakness on your defense, if they see a corner that can't hang with one of your receivers, they're going to find uh, that matchup and exploit it. You know, these are two seasoned, seasoned guys, two guys with very level heads on their shoulders, two mm-hmm. guys that are highly praised by their head coaches. So this is going to be a heck of a quarterback battle. I think that it might be as good of a quarterback battle as you're going to see in this conference this year. Yeah, and, you know, quarterback is the strength of the conference. We've talked before about Grayson McCall of Coastal Carolina, who's had some injury issues, but he's a two-time player of the year, uh, candidate for big national awards. Kyle Ventris has won weekly national awards a couple times now, I think, uh, certainly in the league twice, uh, player of the week. Uh, and uh, you mentioned Chase Bryce, uh, very familiar around college parts. Um, yeah, like I said, they and he might have been a, a worthy candidate for uh, uh, all conference quarterback, still may end up being the mix there. He's got 27 touchdown passes. Um, and like I said, App State hasn't had the year expected, but it's not over yet. Um, so yeah, App State, good players all around. Uh, we I didn't want to forget about their defense. Uh, Hampton, um, is one of the leading, uh, leading, uh, in the league for he's the leading sacker in the league, I think second in tackles for loss. Uh, and this league has some real big time tacklers. Henderson at Old Dominion and Carl Marshall at Troy is a as a a wizard, is a as some sort of uh he's a tackle machine, but that's not even the whole story. So uh we've got a, a couple minutes left. Andrew, anything else about this season? You mentioned about it's Clay Helms first season. And I think let's go back to this. The the predictions as, as they are just what they are, preseason predictions. Georgia Southern coming off of a, a three and nine year overall, almost entirely new coaching staff. Kevin Whitley, the interim coach, came back as an associate head coach and defensive backs coach, cornerbacks coach, but everybody else is new. Uh, a lot of the players are back, but a lot of the players are new as well. If that adds up right, it's a lot of a lot of both. And um, their prediction in a bolstered, fortified, more muscular uh, Sun Belt Conference, especially East Division, was to finish fifth out of seven teams. I think ahead of James Madison and Old Dominion. And that's kind of come close. Not the James Madison part, but Old Dominion, I think, is now in the back, in the basement. But Coastal Carolina and, and App State were favorites, which, uh, you know, is pretty close to what happened. Uh, Coastal Carolina's going to win the division, it looks like. So in terms of expectations and showing progress, I heard some, you know, some of the people were expecting, in terms of, you know, so-called experts, maybe three to five wins. I think I did my own preseason prediction. I, I had five to seven if the ball bounces right and they win a couple of road games that maybe they're not supposed to. Uh, that five, seven wins might be possible. Now I'm going to be a little short of that if they win on Saturday. But I think I had that in that five to seven years, not five to seven wins. But in terms of putting some context into it, uh, we've got a minute left. Um, what do you think? If, if, no matter what happens on Saturday, because obviously we're taking this before Saturday, What do you think of the season? I think it's a step forward. It demonstrated a certain amount of progress. The offensive transition is well ahead of schedule. The defense, rough, but I feel like a lot of us knew that it was going to be that way going into the season. Injuries obviously were a killer, but uh, overall, 
Georgia Southern has made some really positive things happen. I think this season was a good one to build on for the program. Uh, but with the caveat that it can't stay here, no matter what happens, whether a win or a loss on Saturday, this can't be it. This needs to be a stepping stone to something bigger and better. This was good progress. There needs to be more. Okay. With those words, we're going to say thank you so much to our special guest, Andrew Goldstein, Sports Director Extraordinaire at WSAB-TV. Everybody, thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll be back next week to talk about what happens this week with App State. Thanks for listening, everybody. Peterson is taking care of things right now. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern. Pass swings. On the way.